Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, everyone. It's Alicia, your host of Unlock Your Wellbeing. Welcome back to the show. Before we dive into today's episode content, I want to give you a little bit of uh, some background on what this is because today's episode is a little bit different than usual. I'm actually really excited because I've never done um, anything like this before, which is I have taken the audio of a free training that my husband and I have created and done, and we're putting it on this, uh, the podcast as its whole own episode. You don't have to opt into anything. It's literally just right here for you to listen to. Isn't that exciting? I think it's super exciting. So what this training is, um, it's called Leading Wellbeing Strategies for 2023. So if you are someone who is wanting to bring uh, a strategic way of implementing well-being into your company, into your organization, or even within yourself, this is definitely an episode that you are going to want to tune into. Michael and I have been working on this content for truly over six months now, and the reason we really took our time with it is because we keep learning so much more with the clients that we're working with, all of the new research and whatnot that's coming out about how to truly implement well-being uh, strategically because the workforce is rapidly changing and we're in this really powerful uh, opportune time to make some really important changes, but we want to do it strategically, right? You don't just want to throw something out there and, you know, host a lunch and learn or uh, have have a, a one-time speaker come in and think that that's going to really solve these issues and the problems of burnout at the highest rate really it's ever been before. So uh, if you are brand new to this podcast, if you're first time listening, or if you, you are newer to the show, welcome. Uh, if you enjoy it, consider subscribing. We release new episodes every Friday. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, and and a, and a written review if you're open to that. Um, but a little bit of background on why I partnered with my husband. He is a his name is Michael Leadham. He's a CEO and founder of a company called Catching Leadership, and he does uh, leadership consulting, uh, which is the uh, line of work that he's been in for a long time. And as you know, I have been doing well being coaching consulting for a long time as well. And so we quite often bring our work together to uh, bring these two elements together, which you will see when you're listening to this, uh, this training and webinar today. So I hope you enjoy. If you want to look at the slides that we had created uh, from this training and audio, you can hit the link in the description to access and download the files and then you can actually see the video training if you want to rewatch or share it with a decision maker um, or with a colleague you can forward it you know do whatever you would like with it it's yours to keep you can also access it uh, at alishleadom.com that's a-l-i-s-h-a 
L-E-Y-T-E-M.com. Okay, without further ado, enjoy this 28-minute audio training, and we will see you next time. Hi, and welcome to Leading Wellbeing Strategies for 2023. If you're here, that means that you're either someone who is very passionate about well-being, perhaps you're leading in a, well, a well-being initiative within your organization, or maybe you're someone who's just like, hey, enough's enough. I need to get this stuff straight. Either way, everyone is welcome. We're so excited to have you here. I'm Michael Leadham, founder and CEO of Catching Leadership, and I'm with my wife, Alicia Leadham, the founder and CEO of Alicia Leadham Wellness. And let's go ahead and dive in. So a little bit about uh, me and my background. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today and taking time out of your your, uh, precious day to learn more and um, be here. Uh, Like my husband, Michael said, my name is Alicia Leadham. I'm the founder and CEO of Alicia Leadham Wellness that I founded in 2018. Um, I authored a book uh, based on my own well-being framework called the six gold keys to well-being. I have been in the wellness and well-being industry for the last decade. And starting at the turn of the pandemic, I started to bring um, what I've been doing for almost a decade into the corporate industry. I've been offering um, consulting services. I'm a certified wellness coach in the Mayo Clinic uh, up in Minnesota. I'm a yoga teacher, meditation guide, and I bring a lot of unique wellness offerings and um, including well-being strategies to corporations and teams and individual leaders to improve their own well-being um, in their personal and professional lives. And as I mentioned, I'm Michael Leadham, the founder and CEO of Catching Leadership. It's also the title of the book that I wrote. I've been an organizational consultant for over a decade now. My specialties are in talent management consulting and leadership development. I have a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. And a fun little fact there in that picture, I I love fly fishing. And I've actually been able to incorporate it with uh, some of my leadership development offerings where I get to take leaders and immerse them out in nature to become more mindful, to let go of things and really think about the type of leaders that they want to become. So that's a little bit about me. And here's what we have in store for you today uh, in the agenda for this webinar. So we're going to talk about five things here. The first is going to be about the role of the organization and the individual. A lot of times, uh, Companies maybe put too much pressure on the individual or individuals put too much pressure on the organization, but really both roles have to be working in unison. The second piece is going to be about how to create a culture that truly supports well-being, not just saying it, but some of the actual foundations of, of what that means. The third piece, we're going to talk about well-being metrics, and it may be a few of the things that you're already thinking about, but I promise you there'll be a, a few new things too as it pertains to measuring well-being. We then are gonna get into how leaders can role model well-being for their teams. Alicia is gonna lead this section and she's gonna have some good tips and advice for what you can do individually as a leader. And then we're gonna leave you with three well-being strategies to really kickstart your 2023 if that is something that is going to be a priority for your organization, which hint, hint, it should be a priority for every organization. So. You guys know you're here. You took time out of your precious day to watch this this training. You 
uh, completely understand and I know that burnout and stress is just at an all time high. It was high before the pandemic and now it's gone actually even higher since, since then, as we're all trying to navigate and figure out what our work working life looks like post pandemic. And so what we found is that actually 77% of professionals have experienced burnout at their current profession, okay? And 84% of Americans report feeling stressed at least once in a typical week. And so we're trying to all really navigate how we can help this, right? What we can do to manage our stress, what we can do to prevent burnout, and what we can do to heal and recover from burnout, because all of these things are happening. And it's 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 now in the forefront so much that we're all saying, okay, what can we actually do about this, which is why you're here. Um, so like I mentioned, I wrote a book, I have a framework on, on well-being. And so I really like to define well-being as very simple concepts. It's feeling really good. It's feeling good physically, feeling good mentally, feeling good spiritually, and feeling good in your, in your relationships and your social aspects. And when you're losing or you don't have a um, a part of that area of the well-being that feels good, then you're not in sync, you're not in balance, and this can really um, take you out and, and help you to not feel the best. And when you're not feeling your best, this ripples out to everyone else and, and everything else around you. So when it comes to well-being, as Alicia just mentioned, it's so important right now for both an organization and an individual to get it right and to fit into place. For myself here in this presentation, I'm going to be focusing on the organizational side and Alicia is going to be focusing on the individual side. So these are some of the topics that we're going to be covering from an organizational side. I'm going to be talking about culture. How do we incentivize well-being? How do we upskill leaders? How do we embrace this new work-life integration? And then talking about things like company values and competency models, believe it or not, are going to be paramount to integrating well-being into your organization. And then from the individual standpoint, this is really Alicia's forte. She's going to talk about wellness behaviors, self-leadership, um, knowing how to impact others, and also how to communicate your well-being needs, being open and honest with those um, so that there can be a symbiotic relationship between these two pieces. So what I want you to do right now is I actually want you to kind of close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think about your organizational culture, but I want you to think about it as a tree. So what kind of tree does your organization right now look like? Maybe you take a minute to think about the color of the leaves, the bark, the limbs, is it a, a startup? Is it a big old tree? Hopefully it's not a dead tree. <laughs> okay, I want you to come back now after you've done that little visualization. And I wanna talk about culture, both the seen and the hidden aspects of culture. If we go to the next slide here. What a lot of times companies will share with people when it comes to wellness or well being are some of the, the fruits, right? The, the things that get glorified. We won this award. We're a best, best um, company for well-being. We have wellness committees, come join one. Um, it's part of your employee benefit to you know, get a gym membership, or we even have a gym on site. And so a lot of times people in the workforce will start to think of wellness or well-being with some of these, these fruits, right? 
But really when it comes to culture, I want us all to challenge ourselves on this next slide to really look at what's the most important thing going on is often what's most hidden. So the roots of any tree are so vital to the survival of that tree. It's gonna help it weather the storm, it's where it gets its nutrients, but we don't often praise the root system of a tree. We look at the leaves, we look at the fruit, we look at the bark, all of those things. But I want us all to really start to examine internally within our organizations some of these roots. And what do I mean by the roots? Well, thinking about well-being as a core value. I don't know many organizations that have well-being as a core value. I'm sure there's a few. I hope that there will be even more in the future given how important it is. Leaders role modeling well-being behaviors, the norms that are established. And Alicia is going to talk more about this later on. Well-being being incentivized. And I don't just mean this in terms of getting a gym membership. I mean like actually being evaluated maybe in a performance review. How is it incentivized and part of the performance of a leader when they're taking care and promoting well-being within their team so that everyone can show up, do a good job, feel good, and be productive? Can we start incorporating well-being in part of the business and talent strategy, how we're attracting, retaining, developing talent? That should be part of the conversation. And then last but certainly not least is just, is there a genuine openness and ongoing improvement, regardless of past success, to say, this is where we're at today. And even if we thought we were a company that cherished wellness in the past, the world is different now post-pandemic. So what are we going to do to challenge ourselves to continuously get better on this well-being front? So really a mindset needs to shift within organizations. We've heard over the last couple of years, this transition that's occurred from work-life balance to work-life integration with people working more remote, with more flexibility within the hours. I think this is a great shift that's occurring, but it comes up short unless we're going to actually integrate the well-being side into everything that we do from an organizational consulting standpoint or an organizational talent management standpoint. Well, what do I mean by that? I'm gonna to get to it here in a second with some specific examples, but I wanna share just a very quick story with you about when I was a new consultant a few years back and I was in Northeast Ohio. And I remember going into this client and they had this world-class gem facility on site. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. People can come, they can work out, they can shower, get cleaned up, they can go work, or they could do it at the end of their day before they go home. What an awesome way to create this balance and make people's lives easier. But most companies now are shifting gears or have already shifted gears to a hybrid model. And so it's less about this balance component about getting in, getting your workout in, showering and going to work, and more about true full integration of well-being in your life. Maybe your hours have changed a little bit. Uh, the role itself hasn't changed. You have to get the results that you always have. But let's face it, the world of work looks a lot different. So I think what's going to be very important is to truly ask employees what they want. We're not looking to get those fruits on the tree, like I mentioned before, but let's actually give them a voice and saying, what does well-being integration look like for us? What would actually make a difference for me to still get my work done, but do it in a way that promotes my own well-being? So from a talent management perspective, I want you all to start seeing well-being as being job relevant. When I was in grad school, 
it always came back to, is that behavior job relevant? Can you ask about it in an interview? Should it be evaluated on a performance review? And it always came back to, well, is it job relevant? And I'm making the case right now that well-being is job relevant. As leaders, it is your responsibility or should be your responsibility to A, show up in the best state that you can so that you can take all the curveballs that work throws at you in a given day, but B, also be able to see the well-being behaviors or lack thereof on your team and do something about it, especially as it pertains to, to mental health. For instance, you might be that first line of defense. So in that regard, your job as a leader is to promote well-being. And so what we need to do then to make it even more job relevant and not just this nice to have is we need to start putting things in job descriptions about the responsibilities of a leadership position and living out the values if well-being is now a core value of our company. Maybe we ask about it in an interview question of how, you know, give me an example of a time where someone on your team wasn't in a good place. What did you do as a leader to help them along? Maybe we need to update our competency models and put a competency that is truly about well-being and forming well-being uh, teams and improving well-being across the organization. What about updating our performance evaluations to talk about this stuff? You see how this is all kind of integrated together because that is going to need, that's what's going to be needed for a solution to actually stick. One-off programs of getting a, a speaker in or saying, hey, we're doing this new incentivized thing, you know, we're going to give an extra few days of vacation. That won't last unless it truly has a lot of roots within the entire organization. So last couple bullets here, um, need to incorporate it into leadership development, coaching and training whenever possible, and then update the metrics, which we will be talking about here in an upcoming slide. When it comes to measurement on in that vein, I want you to think about the concept of radical transparency. So we've heard about radical flexibility maybe lately when it comes to you know, people's roles. But this is a new concept I was thinking about the other day about being radically transparent. And what do I mean by that? I think for a long time, organizations, especially when they knew that well-being or, or burnout, let's just say, was a problem within their organization, that we want to hide that. Let's not be transparent about it. We need to make sure there's nothing bad online. We need to make sure people aren't saying bad things. And I think a different approach that might be more effective is to fully just embrace and own your current situation however good, bad, or ugly it is, to say we're going to be transparent about this because if we can at least say what people are feeling right now and measure it to a degree, we can at least establish a baseline and then we can work from there. You know, that is kind of half of the equation for maybe the employees who are already there and they're going to really appreciate the level of transparency. But I have to say this too, for prospective employees looking to maybe join your organization, they're already gonna know this information anyway. They're gonna go on Glassdoor, they're gonna go on Indeed, and they're going to see what people are, are saying about your company. So I really want you to think about how can you embrace this idea of radical transparency when it comes to well-being, and then get more strategic on the actual metrics that can be used to show the progress and growth, because that's a story every organization would wanna tell. Great, thank you so much, Michael a lot of really good stuff right there. So I, I want to, I added this quote in here because of everything that we're really, that we're, that we're talking about, especially with being honest and transparent of where you're actually at, 
in this post-pandemic world of figuring out how we work now, right? And um, this quote says, we're all living in extremely uncertain times. Get real and acknowledge we don't have all of the answers. Authentic honesty will win your trust and support, okay? So I think that's really important. We're, we're suggesting and giving you plenty of ideas and things that you can try that we're seeing in our clients and in the market that's starting to really work and that you know companies are doing to implement and actually try to make changes in well-being. But we are at these crossroads of like, no one really does know the exact answers, right? And so just starting to implement anything and, and being honest with each other, like Michael just said, is what's going to be really important to bringing forth um, trust and having everyone join in together and, and move forward, you know, as a community, as one, and like you're, you're all in it together. So uh, Deloitte has done a lot of research in the last few years on um, well-being in the workforce and specifically on the importance of tracking and sharing your well-being metrics. And like Michael just said, sharing these metrics that you're tracking is really all just about a, a transparency for everyone who currently works there and then people who want to be coming in, right? And here's the, the uh, results that came up with this. They found that 53% of employees and 77% of C-suite executives would trust their company more if they publicly reported their well-being metrics. So what kind of metrics can you measure? What should you measure? Well, the first thing to think about are, um, you know, the self-reported data, what your people are saying. Listen to your people, okay? And this is, yes, you can hear this through, you know, testimonials or, hey, that was really great, or I would love to do this. But you can go in a little bit deeper and, you know, kind of throw in some consulting there. You can do some surveys, you can do interviews, you can do focus groups. You can just have some self-diagnosed biometrics. Um, I have a uh, well-being group report based on my book. I have a, an assessment that you can actually take completely free online. But then if we work together, we have the, the group report for you. And so it's the six gold keys to well-being, which kind of helps highlight the areas that maybe we're struggling with or that you're doing a really great job in, just to kind of measure where you're at and help you to um, see if that improves with any well-being initiatives or strategies that you implement. Some observable behaviors you can take. Michael uh, gave quite a bit of these, but more specific examples. What percentage of workers are using all their vacation days? What volume of work-related emails are being sent after work hours? How much time is being spent working overtime? What are your insurance claims looking like, right? I'm hearing a lot of these have continued to go up after the pandemic. Um, presenteeism, absenteeism, all of these things are really powerful ways to measure the results or lack thereof of well-being in your company. So I want to shift gears a little bit into the power and the impact that leaders have in creating this culture of well-being because it's so very important, you guys. You've heard likely that employees have to feel safe to express their well-being needs. If they feel like, hey, you know, this is going on or I'm having a really bad mental health time in my life or I'm experiencing this or, you know, something's going on with my family, they're not going to share that with their leaders unless they feel psychologically safe to do so. 
And what we found is that if leaders are very stressed, um, exhausted, or unwell, then that actually reduces the level of psychological safety in teams. And so what this is saying for you is that the well-being of your leaders can provide a safer place and a ripple to model these behaviors that it's safe for everyone else to do so, okay? And so when you are a well person, okay, when you have uh, strong mental health, when you are well rested, when you know how to manage your stress levels, when you have a regulated nervous system, you're much better able to respond to situations in an appropriate way. You are less likely to overreact or underreact, okay, because your needs are met. And so this is really foundational for us to understand why leaders need to really take this seriously of understanding that stress is very, very contagious. And so if they can manage their stress, that's going to help the results of, of the uh, safety of your teams everywhere. What I've seen, because I work with um, a lot of leaders individually and, and in, my, in my programs and at my retreats, that leaders really tend to underestimate how impactful their own health is to being a very effective and powerful leader. Okay, they'll likely want to, they see that their teams are struggling, they see that their teams are stressed and they wanna bring someone in to help their teams. But what they don't really understand or fully grasp is that if they can change their behavior through the result of that and they embody it and they show others how to lead themselves by leading themselves that they're better to lead other people, um, that's really, really powerful leadership. Okay, and so I really challenge you to start thinking about um, the behaviors of leaders are, are also wellness behaviors. Wellness behaviors are leadership behaviors. And so which leaders are really the most crucial right now in this post-pandemic day and age? And what we're finding is that middle managers are the most crucial, okay? We're finding that empowering tra and training and equipping those middle managers with helping them lead themselves to be able to then be more authentic, be more kind, be able to effectively communicate because their needs are met, because they're in a very great place, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, this is what's going to help your whole workforce to be more resilient. Because again, we have to create a culture of safety for employees to be able to communicate their needs. So what's a good foundation? of the things that I'm talking about here with managing your stress for leaders and helping them regulate their nervous system and really just have those well-being behaviors. Well, this is from my, the framework of my book, The Six Gold Keys to Wellbeing, which you can dive into a little bit here um, if you are interested in what those six main behaviors are to really create a powerful foundation to be able to build all of those other things that we're talking about. So why is right now a really important and critical time for you to invest in your workforce well-being? Um, what we're finding, I, I believe this is a stat from Deloitte. It's all the all the references are here at the end of the um of the slide deck view. But they found that 61% of US employees believe that in 10 years, workers will not settle for companies that don't prioritize their happiness and well-being. And so 10 years may seem like a long, long time from now. However, it may take 10 years for 
any efforts that you start now to really start to bloom and blossom and to be in that place. And so for anyone that waits until 10 years, you're going to kind of be a little bit behind, right? Now is the time to do it because change takes time in organizations. Transformation takes time in humans, okay? And so starting the journey now is really critical for uh, the ripple and the big impact and transformation that you're looking for. So to wrap up these three well-being strategies that if you guys just want to take what we're giving you today and head on out with, with implementing any of these, here's what we recommend. Number one, um, really focus on building a well-being culture. Michael gave so many great tips and suggestions for you to start to do that. Number two, really start to measure and track your well-being data to be able to demonstrate the ROI. That you're that you're doing that you're dealing with, and then take that data to determine which is your next well-being step to take. Okay. And number three, once you have that step, once you have identified what the next thing is that you're going to do based on that data, start small. You don't have to roll it out to everyone. Uh, start small using personalized strategies based on what it is that they want. Okay from the data that you're gathering and consider training your middle managers first because they're the ones who are getting hit really hard right now. And we're finding, like I said earlier, that they're gonna have a really powerful uh, impact um, if you work with them first. So a client testimonial that Alicia and I have been so blessed to, to work with down in Florida had this to say about us. Michael and Alicia are a dynamic team. Alicia is a steady, knowledgeable, and warm guide to finding your own best self-care practices. I highly recommend taking a workshop with her. And Michael has a deep breadth of knowledge alongside a compassionate and passionate heart for team and leadership building. He will bring out the best in you and your team. Together, they bring a balanced and rare combination of skills, mind, heart, empathy, and self-care that will help you and your team soar. So that's something that I do just want to highlight here is that Alicia and I both have taken the time to hone our craft in. We both have written books, uh, which is no small feat for anyone out there who has written a book. But we both come at this problem or not a problem. It's really an opportunity of promoting well-being from different angles. And they pair very nicely together. I look at it from an organizational standpoint and use all of that industrial organizational psychology Alicia looks at it from a well-being and wellness side and self-leadership side. And really, you do need both working in tandem for any wellness strategy to, to stick and to take off. So this is something that we are excited about bringing our two companies together to continue to work on to bring new value to our clients. And with that being said, if, if anything on today's call resonated with you, I would encourage you to set up an exploratory call uh, whether it's with yourself or maybe making an introduction with a leader on your team. We know that this is a very hot topic right now, and we're actually happy and excited that it is because in our estimation, it's been long overdue. So jump on a, a call with us. We'll talk, uh, you know, whatever your unique needs are, timing, opportunity, but get the ball rolling on this stuff. You want to be an organization that is at, you know, the front of this curve, not at the back of this curve. And so with that, we just want to say thank you. Uh, you can contact us at alicia at alishaleadum.com or mleadum at catchingleadership.com. We are very active on LinkedIn. You can see our websites there, alishaleadum.com and catchingleadership.com. Um, happy to continue this conversation with you and just want to say thank you for your time today. We know how valuable and how precious it is. Hopefully you learned a few new things and have some food for thought. 
of ways that you can improve well-being within your own organization. Thank you all again so much for joining us today. If you want to uh, share this, this recording, please feel free to pass it along to a colleague. We are, like Michael said, really passionate about helping us to all really improve our well-being because I think we're just at such a really exciting crossroad in time and uh, we have a really powerful opportunity to make everything better for the lives of uh, our workers and us, right? Because now personal and business life are really becoming more integrated and it's just a really exciting time. So thank you guys again so much for being here and we'll see you on LinkedIn. Bye everyone.